always build in property manager fees into your numbers mm-hmm. so that if you do transition out, then you have the ability to pay them and you're not losing money once you delegate them mm-hmm. those responsibilities. Before we get into today's episode, I want to offer you a free service and a free gift. Yes, a free gift. You're a loyal best ever listener. You deserve free gifts. And it's from our best ever partner, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. So are you a landlord or investor who's self-managing? Well, if you're self-managing, is that the best way to scale your business? And are you fulfilled by self-managing? Or would you rather be doing other stuff with your time? Like, I don't know, scaling your business, scaling your portfolio, making more money, bringing more rentals, rental income coming in because you're acquiring more properties. If you want to scale, if you're not getting fulfilled by self-managing, then here comes a free service, here comes a free gift. Linda Libatory, you know her, episode 714. I interviewed her about her best ever advice, talked to her about her company, which is the solution to your problem, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. They handle the phone calls, they handle the rent collections, they handle late payment reminders, they handle the lease violation notices, everything from the text messages, reminders, all the way to collecting the ACH payments. Linda's team will help you scale your business, whether you've got 500 units or even a handful of units, go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. They're going to give you a free 30-minute goal strategy session. They'll give you free setup and the first 30 days free, mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Again, if you are self-managing and you're not fulfilled by self-managing and you agree that there's a better way to scale your business, scale your investments, then go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Take Linda and her team up on their generous offer of giving you a trial and a strategy session to see if it's right for you. Mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluff. This is our follow along Friday episode. Normally we interview high performing real estate investors and entrepreneurs and get their best advice ever. But today we do follow along Friday where we talk about what we got going on in our entrepreneurial endeavors, real estate related, so that it can help you along your journey as well. With us, Theo Hicks, as he normally joins us on Fridays. Hi, Theo. How's it going, Joe? It's going well. All right, so how do we want to kick it off? So let's kick it off with some business updates, mistakes we've made this week, any lessons we've learned or, or successes. So if you want to kind of start off and provide an update with what you got going on? Sure. we got the 200-plus unit apartment community that we're purchasing. The due diligence is going well. In fact, recently I sent out a note to some investors who were considering the opportunity. It's all closed out now. And I mentioned a couple things. One is that it is still at 94% occupancy, so that's good. That's what it originally was at when we put it under contract. Two, the average rents have increased for new leases for the last 30 leases, almost 1%, which just shows the market's continuing to go up. Nothing major 
at the property in terms of any improvements or mandatory CapEx projects other than what we expected. And let's see what else. The property condition assessment went well, which ties into what I just mentioned. The environmental site assessment, basically there's no nasty hazardous materials at the property that checked out. So all in all, it's going really well. We are scheduled to close the week of September the 10th, mm-hmm. which happens to be the week I get back from my honeymoon. I'm being in Europe with Colleen for two weeks, and things going well. In terms of lessons learned, well, yeah, it's just going through the due diligence process. There was something that I wanted to mention in terms of my new morning routine, mm-hmm. because this all ties into being effective and what we do. After listening to Tim Ferriss' podcast about morning routines, he's doing a new format where he's compiling a bunch of previous episodes Mm -hmm. and talking about one topic that a bunch of guests talked about, and this topic is morning routines, and he's doing, like, I don't know, how to overcome fears, other stuff like that. This one's morning routines, and one of the routines, I forget what comic he does, what, like, comic strip. Maybe Dilbert? Oh, Scott Adams? Yeah, Scott Adams. Yeah. Is he the Dilbert. Dilbert? Okay. He talked about how he's all about affirmations and writing them down. And then I was reading the book Ninja Selling, which mm-hmm. I talked about last week. I'm probably three-fourths of the way done with it. You must buy this book. Everyone must buy this book. It's a condensed version of Tony Robbins and Lisa Power Within, in my opinion. And really focused on sales and how you don't sell, you actually give value, a bunch of stuff. Well, the author Larry Kindle talked about affirmations and part of your morning routine. So now what I do is I have a notebook that as soon as I wake up in the morning, I pick up the notebook, get a pen, and I write down my affirmation 15 times. And it is... I'm a strong, confident, successful, and handsome real estate billionaire entrepreneur. I write that down 15 times. I don't touch my phone, whereas I used to go straight to email. I write that down 15 times, and then I read a chapter from a book. And in this case, it's Ninja Selling by Larry Kindle. And then I feel like I'm programmed for the day. I just feel stronger, more confident, more handsome, more successful. I just feel that way. And I truly believe when you just wake up, you're in a little bit of a foggy zone. And there's some sneaky things you can do to your unconscious mind. I really believe that. And it helps set you up for the rest of the day. So that's what I do. I feel all those things that I described. And I've been doing this for six days or so they've just been phenomenally effective Mm -hmm. days so that's what i've been up to and then i still do my leader water with wheatgrass a scoop of wheatgrass i actually got that same routine from scott adams from this book i think we've talked about his book on the podcast before it's called how to fail at everything and still win big or something along those lines and he talks about how he writes down his affirmations i can't remember what his initial one was but i did it for seven days it would be good at stocks I think it was stock investing. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So I did that for a couple of weeks. I can't remember what my affirmation was, but my question for you is when you do it, how do you make sure that you stay engaged? So since you're doing it constantly, you're doing the same thing, 
15 times the first day, but you're doing it every single day. How do you avoid kind of just mindlessly doing it and then letting your mind kind of think about something else while you're doing it? Does that make any sense? I don't have rules on it. If my mind wanders, which sometimes it does when mm-hmm. I'm writing it, as soon as I wake up in the morning, it's fine. Okay. I'm just doing it. No rules. I'm not going to be hard on myself about anything. I'm just going to put it down on paper, write it 15 times, and then move on to reading a chapter. Okay. The fact that you were able to just say it back right away and like and this is the way that you said it lets you know that you're definitely like imprinting it in your mind. Well, it's, it's, be, it's been my affirmation for two years probably, mm-hmm. but I haven't consistently been saying it in my head. So we'll see. I will continue to do it and... We do follow on Friday, yeah. so we'll, we'll see how it works. And I know there's a similar version. This one actually, I bet that the different types of affirmation to work better for people. I know there's one that I've heard Tony Robbins talk about before, and there's another book that I read that he talks about this. And it's saying it to yourself in the mirror 15 times. So you just look at, your, look at yourself in the mirror and, and say it to yourself. Because maybe some people it works better for writing, for some people it works better for saying it, for some people it might work better for visualizing it. I don't think Scott Adams does this, but I know... Maybe Joe Rogan does this, but he's in his little isolation tank, but he'll pull record his own voice, mm-hmm. and then he'll play that back to himself 15 times, or just when he's going on walks, he'll play his own voice, saying it to himself, maybe put a little epic music in the background of it, mm-hmm. so I think there's a lot of different approaches, so yeah, I just thought it was interesting. I think ultimately, it's whatever you will do consistently, because no matter how you dress it up, consistency is much more important than having a slightly different angle that's slightly more effective. Because if you're not doing it at all, then it's a moot point. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. That's what I got. How are your properties? I was just sitting here thinking right now that literally seven days ago today when I closed, it does not feel like it's been seven days. It felt like it's been like a month or really? a lot longer than that. Yeah. It's not like a, not a bad thing. It's not like, oh, there's all these problems that it feels like time has slowed down. Mm-hmm. It's just all the added duties that come along with it that I wasn't doing before. It was making time slow down. But I think they're going good. One issue that we're running into right now, and I'll know when I leave here how big of a problem it is because we've gotten 50% of the rents collected, like I have them. I have a lot of people that were the third. It's the, the third, yeah. <laughs> and on their lease it says it's due by the third, so they're going to start getting hit with late fees starting tomorrow. But we were trying to set them up on this on this online, cozy.com, and a lot of the tenants were either, one, were afraid of typing in their bank account information because they're not used to setting bank account information up online. Or they weren't going to set their bank account information. There's like a fee for your debit card or credit card, and they're like, why well, I want to pay the fee? And so I had a lot of people literally like text me or email me or call me either the first of the month or on the 31st to telling me this, even though I reached out to them way beforehand to set that up. I thought that was interesting, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I'm like, we're going to do a video interview with a property manager, and so we're going to talk a lot about how to make sure that you set up that transition process smoothly. I was going to kind of talk under yesterday to prepare for the call. And one thing I realized that I did is that I was so focused on just closing the deals that I didn't even think about what I would do after closing until literally we were having a conversation. You brought it up on the fall on Friday. I was like, hmm, what am I going to do? And I was kind of, I was thinking it, I wasn't going to do it as we're having the conversation. And then I did what we talked about and what you told me to do. But I'm looking forward to that conversation with Linda to determine exactly what completes to finish the transition and then next time what I can do because she was saying she was listening to me talk about what I was doing and that it's like oh I feel like I could add so much value here so I guess that's maybe the only mistake besides that things are going smoothly we finally got all the updated 
rents, so we know exactly what people are paying. And I guess what happened was they increased the rents on, in April and didn't sign new leases, didn't change the leases at all. They just did it. And so obviously we had to go in there and do month-to-month leases going because I guess technically they're not really on a lease at all. And they can just say, oh, well, I'm not on a lease, or this price isn't what my lease says, so I'm not paying that. Couldn't get the costs are 100 to $103 higher what they're paying than what their lease actually says. But besides that, I think they're going well. Besides having 50% economic occupancy, yep. things are going well. Yeah. <laughs> it will work out. It will work out. And the conversation with Linda you mentioned, Linda Libatori, she yep. is the founder of Secure Pay One, which is actually a sponsor mm-hmm. of this episode and has been a sponsor. So you'll be having a one-on-one conversation with her. It's going to be via video, yep. and it will be on our YouTube channel sometime within the next week or two. Yes, yeah, so the reason why I said that, I don't know how, how dire the situation it is and whether or not I'm actually at 50% accuracy, because technically I am, yes. But we were all calling in so late in the game. I knew if they mailed me a check, I was going to see it for two or three days. And so I'm going to the mailbox after I leave here, the P.O. box, and I'm going to check it out. I went there yesterday, and I went pretty early in the morning, so I don't know when they dropped the mail off. And uh, there were two checks in there. I'm just like, I was hoping all of them would be in here. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to do that. And then if it doesn't work out, you know, I'm going to think ahead. And if, I, if the checks are in there, I'm going to everyone's phone number, thankfully. Everyone that had to pay to have their phone number. There's one person's number I don't have yet. But I'm going to call them all and explain to them the situation and say, this is what it really says. So you owe us your rent plus whatever their late fee. I think their late fee is like 25 bucks a day. I think is what they have in the old lease. And then I'm hoping the rents are in the mailbox because I've talked to all of them and they all said they're going to send them in the mail. It's just I talked to some of them like two days ago and it's must not have gotten there yet. So we'll see what happens. This will be an ongoing story, that's for sure. It will be. Okay, cool. That's updates I have. I think this is a, a good transition to a question one of the listener had based off of the conversation that we had about my properties. I think this was based off of last week when I was explaining what I plan on doing and how I was going to be the manager and things like that. So the name was City Park Properties, and he says, Does Theo employ anyone to help maintain his new property? If not, what's the breaking point where one would hire someone versus using outside contractor? And I kind of started thinking about that because obviously it, it answer that depends on what, what your business plan is. But I was just thinking kind of in general, how do you determine... When, well, before before you ask, why don't you answer that first question oh, yeah. just to address it? So, so it depends on what you mean by my contractor. If you mean by actually like a general contractor or maintenance person, like I don't do that stuff myself. I'm not capable of doing anything besides like painting and like changing the lock or a light bulb. And so I have a I wouldn't say call him a general contractor because he doesn't do everything, but he's a plumber and he can do most of the things that would need to be addressed quickly, like if a pipe burst or you can do HVAC, so anything that's like would need immediate replacing, he's someone that I can call on there and he'll go right in there that day or the next day and address it. What I was doing for my last property, what I'm going to do this property too, if something comes up that he can't do, like mm-hmm. if I need to put a new carpet, then I'll just use Energy List or I'll just go on bigger pockets and find someone to technically contract out the work to. So I like mow the lawn, I'll do the to collect the rents and things like that, but I try to look at it more of just it being like a project that I am going to, you know, whenever a problem happens, I'm like managing someone to take care of it. But I kind of look at it more of like I'm like a manager who's managing like employees, so to speak. That's just kind of how I look at it because ultimately the goal is to have a, a bunch of units and I don't ever plan on giving it to a property management company. I plan on either 
having my own just because Marcella, that's what she wants to do is like manage other properties and have this be mm-hmm. her, her business because kind of what she does now for her job. So the goal would be to eventually just kind of replace me with someone else and then just move up a notch and to kind of manage the Theo that's controlling these 12 units or the Joe that's controlling these 30 units over here. So that's, that's my plan. But I guess the question is, and I don't necessarily have the answer to this because I haven't done it yet, but how do you know when it's time to replace your current self and move on to something else and then manage that new person? And the only answer I can think of is when you feel as if it's to it that it's time to move up. But besides that, I can't think of any objective, rational thing to look at and say, okay, you know, I've got 26 units and I'm working 15 hours a week on this, now it's time to move on. I'm not sure. What, what are your thoughts on that? I've always had a property manager, even when I bought my first house, because I was living in New York City, and I bought in Texas. So I come from a different perspective than you, and perhaps the best ever listener who submitted that question, because I've never managed a property myself. Therefore, I always build in... So here's one takeaway, and this is what every person will tell you. Always build in property manager fees into your numbers mm-hmm. so that if you do transition out, then you have the ability to pay them and you're not losing money once you delegate them mm-hmm. those responsibilities. So that's one takeaway. Always budget in property management fees in terms of the fees in general. If you've got single families with a management company, it's going to be anywhere between 7 to 10%. Mm-hmm. of monthly rent that's collected. There might be some other fees on top of that, like renewal fees yep. or maintenance, if they charge for working with maintenance people on certain requests. But in general, 7 to 10, multifamily can be as low as 3% of collected monthly income. So as far as determining when is the right time, so that assumes that you didn't start out that way, Uh like in your case, I would say whenever it becomes a burden or whenever it starts slowing you down for acquiring Mm. new properties and growing the business, that's when you need to hire someone. So then the question becomes, how the heck do I know if it's slowing me down? Well, I would say it probably already is slowing you down if you're asking the question because if you're doing a job where you can pay someone hourly less than what your hourly rate is worth, then it's slowing you down. And in general, that's going to be all the time. Now, the reality is some people might not have the budget to bring a management company on, or you might want to learn the ropes so that you can then build your own property management company, and that's a different approach. So all roads lead back to what's your vision for your own real estate kingdom, and if it is to build your own property management, it makes a lot of sense to Mm -hmm. manage it on yourself. Of course it makes sense to manage yourself. Learn the ropes, learn how to hire, learn what type of people you need to bring and put in place. And then you know the type of skill sets a person will need to have in order to replace you. But if you don't plan on having your own management company, I don't think it makes sense for you to manage out of the gate. Just build it in and start scaling by bringing more income to the table because you're focused on income, not handling maintenance requests. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I guess from my perspective, the way I was looking at it was 
I wanted to, kind of alluded to it, that I wanted to know what it's like to be a manager, like what are the best practices and what are mistakes and what are stupid things to do versus what's the best thing to do. That way, if I ever do end up hiring out a property, I can just like, oh, I don't want to do, I don't want to make my property management company anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. At least I can like find someone and then I can tell if what they're doing is right or wrong versus if I had no idea how to manage a property at all, like I wouldn't even know if what they were doing was, if they were even being effective or as efficient as possible. Another thing too is that I was kind of looking at it from the beginning and talking to Marcel about it and I was kind of trying to figure out, you know, what would be the, one of the main reasons why I would get a property management company. And I'm just being honest, the, the reason why I want to do it is because I was like, oh, I just, I'm lazy, I don't want to take it, I just want to, I don't want to deal with it right now. But since that was kind of my only reason why, usually whenever I say, usually my reasons why I don't want to do something is because I'm like lazy or I just don't want to do it, then I usually do it. Because <laughs> I feel like that's a good enough reason. And I think it helps me grow. And worst case scenario, I'll have the tool set of property management and I will understand how to do it and who knows what opportunities that can bring in the future. Mm-hmm. That's the plan for now. It reminds me of when I was talking to Emma Smith on the show and he's a Hall of Fame football player and now he's in real estate development and different avenues of real estate. How do you make that transition? Mm-hmm. I mean, those are two different professions and he studies like a madman the aspects of his business in real estate. It's similar to what you're talking about. He'll know if someone's trying to pull the wool over yeah. his eyes because he's done the studying enough to be competent in the areas. By no means is an expert who, compared to someone who's been in the business, their whole profession, but at least he's competent enough to know if he needs to raise the BS flag. And that's necessary in what we do. I believe you can get that education enough to be competent by not doing it. I think you can go shadow mm-hmm. management companies, best-in-class management companies. I think you can do a 1,000-plus interviews with yeah. real estate professionals. And there are other ways to do it, but certainly hands-on experience, I would say, would be the best. But then you've got to balance your time and your long-term vision for your company and if you want to go more focused and hands-on on that one aspect because you've got a long-term plan for management. I can imagine what would happen, because again, it's impossible to predict exactly what's going to happen. What I can imagine is, you know, starting out, since you've only got, no one say only, but we've got 12 units, and but they're all in like one area, so I basically it's one 12-unit property. And I'm going to do everything myself, and I can imagine, we'll get more and more, I'm like, oh, this is, this is too much. Let's just get a property management company. Let's focus on the acquisition and finding more deals. I mean, right now, our plan to buy more property, just use all of our personal money, that we can replenish enough to buy new properties just with our income from working every six months, and that's not taking into account what income we make from natural properties. And so we're going to just do that. We're not going to break any money, at least for now. That's not the plan. And while we're, while we're waiting for that six months to occur, I'm like, all right, we might as well just learn all this real estate. We might as well learn all this hands-on real estate stuff. And then maybe... After 18 months, we're bringing so much money we have to buy properties on a frequent basis. We're going through all that headache of closing. And then, then oh, man, this first time going through the, the transition to getting all these people to pay us rent is just a headache. It's like, oh, well, maybe I could just contract that out to a property management company. And then I do it one time and see how much easier it is and how much more smooth the process is. I'm like, oh, what, what am I doing? Why did, why did I ever do that in the first place? So I'm sure that probably will end up happening, if I'm being honest. But I guess something else, too, that was interesting is you say, oh, we know you can learn 
up property management by hands on by doing it, but or you can also like interview, you can like you can read about it, you can shadow about it. It kind of goes back to what we're talking about the affirmations too, and it's like it depends on how you learn. Is you need to know yourself and know how you learn the best, and then make sure you are doing that. And so if you like learn by reading, then don't watch YouTube videos all the time. Make sure you read. If you learn by doing, then actually do it. You can't just like read a book. I think everyone learns best by actually doing it. That's the highest commitment of time. So I think it's about where do you see this aspect in the future. And if it's a very important aspect where you think you're going to build out your own company, then it would make sense. But if it's something that I just want to be confident to know if my third-party management company is trying to pull one over on me, then mm-hmm. you can read an interview and shadow and spend less time and spend more time on making the money or finding new properties, that sort of thing. Because I think the yeah. hands-on experience, I think everyone's going to get the yeah. most out of it. It's just... Yeah, there's uh, there's two people that come to mind. So it's Elon Musk and then a pharmaceutical executive market, Martin Shkreli or whatever. I've read Elon Musk's book and I've listened to a lot of YouTube videos of the Martin Shkreli guy. And for both of them, they are obviously CEOs of massively multi-billion dollar companies. And they both of them, for Elon Musk, he learned about, he did his SpaceX, he learned about it by just reading a bunch of SpaceX wow. textbooks <laughs> or a bunch of like uh, yeah. rocket science textbooks. And then... Martin was also saying that when he started pharmaceutical companies, he just read a ton of tech books on chemistry and pharmacy and biology, and he's doing the same thing now for programming, and he was having a conversation with this guy, and he's saying, like, why are you wasting all your time learning programming? Like, you shouldn't be doing that. And he's like, no, if I'm going to do a business, like, I want to know mm-hmm. everything about that business, because that's what I did for the pharmaceutical industry, and that's why it's so well in it. So I'm doing the same thing for the tech industry, too. And so I can tell that my mind works similar to theirs, like uh, the engineering mindset. And I see this working for them to kind of like replicate what they did and kind of get that approach too. And so probably be that guy that's sitting in the Starbucks for doing like a property management textbook. And it's like, who is this guy? Is he in school? I'm just like, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out what, what's going on here. I have one of those, by the way. You really? I have, I have a property management textbook. I'm going to borrow that. Yeah, I'll let you borrow it. All right. One last comment. You mentioned every six months based on income between the two, you'll be buying another. But I would also look at the cash out refinance. Oh yeah, that's um, something else that I plan on doing. I plan on using the cash out refinancing combination with life insurance to buy real estate too. Got it. And in order yeah. to do cash out refinance, you're likely going to have to pump some money into it. Except for this deal, sounds like heaven's opened up. You got lucky. Yeah, you got lucky. And <laughs> if you want to hear about how you got lucky on this deal, listen to last week. We won't go into it again. I calculated it and it was actually, I think last week we said it was $100,000 in equity credit, but I calculated it and it was fifty in equity credit just because... Some of the rents were right, some of them were wrong, and so just by luck, I created $50,000 in equity on these properties because the rents were given to us incorrectly. Wow. So yeah, I'm lucky. <laughs> so I guess that's what's happening. <laughs> so we mentioned that we're going to be doing that video interview with Linda, laboratory of Secure One, so keep an eye out for that. The goal is yes, next week or two, and then just to finish off, make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a review for the opportunity to be the review of the week. This week... Did you practice saying it that way? Because you, like, like you sound like a voiceover guy. I sound like a commercial. So yeah. <laughs> a, a, a quick anecdote. So I did that Dale Carnegie, that Dale Carnegie class, and one of the silly presentations we had to give was we had to mimic... You know those like OxyClean or like yeah. those, those weird infomercials you see? Yeah. I had to mimic that. Oh. So I, that's the voice I do when I did that. <laughs> so I guess whenever I feel like I'm doing a commercial or plug my voice just completely changes. It's supposed to be some subconscious thing. But the review of the week this week is from 
Jay Caseman, and he says, Joe is an excellent host, and his podcast delivers expert tips for the new and advanced investor. Joe has a wealth of experience himself and is responsive to listener inquiries and feedback. He's pulling in more famous guests now, but keeps the convo focused on relevant material for investors. Excellent podcast, very deserving of five stars. Sweet. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. And yes, we are getting high-profile guests on the show. We've got more coming, and I certainly am focused on pulling in feedback from you, Best Ever listeners. So as you have questions, then you can either email info, info at joefairless.com, reply underneath the video on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash meet Joe Fairless, and just comment underneath the video, ask a question, and we'll be happy to answer those questions on future episode of Follow on Friday. So that being said, enjoyed it. Best ever listeners, hope you have a best ever weekend, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Are you an investor who self-manages, talks to your residents, collects checks, and handles all the day-to-day tasks? Well, there's a better way, best ever listener, and guess what? That better way is Secure Pay One. Secure Pay One, the landlord helper, will have conversations over the phone with your residents whenever there's an issue, and the residents can pay you directly. So schedule your free trial and 30-minute session today at mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom? The Dwellin Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at www.dwellin.com forward slash show. That's D-W-E-L-L-Y-N-N dot com forward slash show.